When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Three miles to go in the Daytona 500. Brad is going to need Chase Briscoe to lock onto him to push him by those two. Kozlowski had the run, but he's going to need the help. Here it comes. Big push from Kyle Busch and from Chase Briscoe. He's locked on there, too. He's going to have to stay there. Inside Here was comes there for another a second. push from Kyle Busch on that outside. Cindric can't get too far out. Coming to turn three, where it all came undone last year on the final lap. Briscoe's out. He can't get to the Austin Sindrick, whose grandfather won the Indy 500 as a car owner. Sindrick is going to bring them to the line way up high to block Ryan Blaney. And at the line, Sindrick beats Bubba Wallace by half a car length. And they crash going into turn one. (laughs) This race never disappoints. No, it does not. And David Reagan found one he couldn't miss. Austin Sindrick, the winner of the Daytona 500. If you remember in the pre-race, he said, a rookie, and the two cars never won. Holy cow's right, kid. You just won the biggest race of your life. 23-year-old Austin Sindrick from Mooresville, North Carolina, in his eighth cup start, gives Roger Penske a happy birthday present. Welcome to Track Smack here on TrackSmackRadio.com. Don Hall here once again with you with Mike Haig. Mike, of course, from RacedaySA.com. Uh, that was the call, the winning call of the Daytona 500 uh, from Mike Joy and uh, Clint Boyer and Tony Stewart. And, of course, Austin Sendrick comes away with the win, the rookie in his first Daytona 500 in the two-car for Penske Motorsports. And he comes away with the win. Mike Haig, thoughts? Oh man, Don, I tell you what, uh, what a what a race! Uh, I was, I love this race. This was, you know, these new cars and the big crowd and all the energy and excitement. Pre-race concert, U.S. Thunderbirds flying over. This race had everything, and it was great to kick off the year like this. And you know, a rookie driver like Austin Cindric coming through, up through the ranks and getting the win and and a Ford and Doing it for Roger Penske on his 85th birthday, it just just doesn't get any better than this. No, it was it was everything I was hoping it was going to be and more. And we've got lots of audio from the Daytona 500 from different guys. We've got uh, all sorts of stuff. We're going to preview um, a interview that we got to do with our good friend Bernard Pollard. I like how I, I always like describe people. If they come back more than once, then they are now our good friend. Uh, but I genuinely feel like we have now, we have a friendship. Don't you feel like, I mean, he feels like a part yeah. of the family. So um, we did a great interview with Bernard Pollard that is going to be up as a smack cast on its own. And he was there. He was at the Daytona 500. Yes, he and was. He did a lot of really great stuff about what he saw and witnessed and, and experienced. And so you got to listen to this smack cast we're going to have with uh, Bernard. We'll give you our uh, our picks for California. We've got some NHRA news. We've got IndyCar starting this week. Uh, what else? What am I leaving out? Uh, Xfinity series is at California with cup and uh-huh. the trucks are, trucks are off. And I think you've covered it all so far. Okay. Well, there we go. We've got a lot of stuff to, that we've got to, that we've got to cover. So let's, uh, let's get busy. Mike, your thoughts, uh, on Daytona, on the car, everything that we saw was it, I mean, I know we kind of said that, uh, you know, at the beginning, but I mean, give me details. What What did you think about what you saw with the new car, with pit strategies? Give me, give me your thoughts. Well, for one thing, you know, it had a different look to it this year, a whole different feel. I like the new car. I like what I, what I saw Sunday. I, 
you know, the pit stops are different. There's only one lug nut versus the, the five that they, uh, the, the drivers had before. And there's, they're putting more gas in the tank. So the pit stops are a little bit longer and, 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 you know, a few seconds, I say a little bit long, <laughs> only like a few seconds, but that had a different feel to it. But, um, overall, uh, you know, I, I, if I had to give a grade on this race and the way, way everything went, I'd give it an A plus. Uh, I was pretty pleased to see, when you look through the um, the top 10 results, and I'll just kind of run through real quick. Uh, we had Bubba Wallace finishing second in a t- Toyota. Chase Br- Briscoe was third in a Ford, and Ryan Br- Blaney was fourth. Eric Amarola was fifth, and, you know, he's retiring at the end of the season, so it was good to see him with a strong fifth-place finish. Kyle Busch was sixth. Michael McDowell, who won last year, was seventh. David Reagan, we haven't seen in a while, was eighth. Brad Keselowski in a new car and a new ride this year, finished ninth. And Chase Elliott, tenth. So there was a pretty good field of drivers in that top ten. I was impressed with that. And we had some other names up there, you know, and and if you look at places 11 through uh, 20, some names we don't normally see finish that high. So um, we had a little bit of excitement with Rex and some drama and some – action there so i think you know overall um there's just a lot to talk about a lot of to, to to you know to get into and digest and everything but overall i i give it the whole thing an a a plus i was really pleased with everything that i saw on sunday i was pleased too and and even things that i you know got to hear it was great tony stewart in the booth amazing uh, oh, yeah. him and and Clint Boyer. In fact, I, I think I was telling you that one of the things I thought was so funny is they're in the middle of Mike Joy and, and you know, he's talking about something and, and Clint goes to or Tony goes to respond to something that Mike said. And Tony's in complete race mode and he's talking about what's going on in the race. And I can't remember exactly what it was that he said. But then Clint turns around. and He's like, not with that hairdo. And he's like, <laughs> like just clowning on Tony Stewart. And Tony just lost it. Um, it was just so funny. Like their their chemistry together was great. I know we're going to get Matt Kinsey which should be interesting because like I said I've never I I've always found Matt Kenseth to be really dry and and but we've always been told by people in the garage area and stuff that you know are friends with him or know him and stuff no 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 he the guy's got like one of the best senses of humor and he's hysterical and stuff so I'm really hoping that we get to see that side of Matt Kenseth in the booth Tony's funny but Tony's also very matter of fact too like when he talks he's like like they're on that end that we just played from Fox the last lap of the race or whatever just wonder but you know Mike Joy's on his thing and then Tony was like 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 for example Clint Boyer said you know this this race Daytona 500 never fails to deliver and Tony instead of being like you know that level with him oh yeah you know he's nope you're right it never does <laughs> it was just you know, it's, he's just so matter of fact so we'll see how Matt Kenseth does we also learned that Danica Patrick will be uh coming up soon as well so I'm interested to see how they rotate that booth out yeah, and, and she's done a good job don in the last couple of years you know we see her on nbc with the uh any car coverage and she's done a lot of um, races there and she's really come along with her broadcasting career so it's in, she brings a whole different perspective to it having raced in any car and also nascar so it's gonna be great to see her see how she does with this fox uh, team and um but i wanted to point out real quick um i mentioned you know all the the stuff that the that the event had with the thunderbirds and the concerts and everything if you go to my my website racedaysa.com for race day san antonio i, I have a story the austin cindrick uh, uh story of him winning but in embedded in the story are a bunch of um uh, audio files where you can listen to the interviews and everything, but there's some really great ones. Trace Atkins, uh, you know, he, he played, uh, Luke Combs, uh, performed as well. There's interviews with these guys. They, they had a lot of funny things to say. Uh, WWE's big E was there. There's a great interview with him. Charles Woodson was there. He was actually the grand marshal interview with him. And the, and the one that I think everybody needs to hear are the, the the pilots for the U.S. Uh, Air Force uh, Thunderbirds? They they did a great media availability um, press conference with the media, and those guys had a not just guys. There's there was a uh, they have a gr- girl flying as well, and um, they they really put on a great um, interview. It's worth listening to, and and R- Roger Penske. Um, came into the media center afterwards and you know it was his 85th birthday and he had a, a lot of cool stuff to say about austin who don 
this kid not only drove a great race, but he was so excited afterwards. So here's Austin Sendrick with Jamie Little on the front straightaway right after the checker flag uh, was waved. Here we go. Austin Sendrick has wanted to be a race car driver his entire life. He's raced everything. You made it to the top level. A rookie in the Cup Series. Austin, you are a Daytona 500 champion. Oh my God, you know what makes it all better? A packed house. A packed house at the Daytona 500. Oh my God, I've got so many people to thank. First and foremost, Roger Penske. Happy birthday. Oh my gosh. Uh, I appreciate Ryan being a great teammate. Obviously he wants to win this one, but um, I'm so pumped for Discount Tire, Menards, Ford, everybody works so so hard to, with this next-gen car through this whole process. And damn, I am so excited. This, this makes up for losing a championship last race I did. You're an Xfinity Series champion, but this is a whole new ball game, Austin. I know you spent a lot of time working just this week on drafting and doing things the right way. How did you adapt so quickly to get it done when it counted on the last lap? I'm surrounded by great people. That's that's all there is to it. I know there's going to be highs and lows. Being a rookie in a, in a field of drivers this strong, uh, I'm, I'm just grateful for the opportunity, excited for the, the climb, the mountain we've got ahead of us on the two-team. But uh, we're in the playoffs. That's one good box checked, but my gosh. What an awesome group of fans. What an awesome race car. Um, just really thankful. How about it? Austin Sindrick is your champion. And there you go, Don. I mean, you can just see the excitement and feel that excitement in his voice. You know, he was fired up. Well, he should be. Biggest race of the season. I mean, the first race of the season, and that's a way to, to kick it off. He'd done some cup racing, you know, a little bit of cup racing last season and stuff. I, I want to say eight races I think he had ran, I, I think, or something. Or this is the eighth race or something. But still, you know, to, to come in... After Brad Keselowski exits out of that two car and, and then to be up there racing against Brad and, you know, Brad's in the six car now, but be up there and racing against him quite a bit of the race. Uh, and, and, and just to be able to bring it home the, the way the blocking, oh my gosh, I went back and watched it again and, and yeah. just the, the blocking that he had to do there towards the end. I mean, he was, he was going high, he was going low. It, it was, it was just, it was great. I'm so happy for him. This is a kid that I like to say, I mean, from the moment he popped out of the womb, <laughs> he has been bred to be a Penske driver. Uh, his dad, yeah. uh, we heard it there. His dad was a owner in the, uh, a car owner in the IndyCar series and, and won the Indy 500 as a car owner before. And then I, th I want to say, I think his dad is like vice president of, of Penske racing yeah, his, or, or something yeah. like that now. So, um, I know he, he's, he's a big, is, uh, yeah. Yeah. He's one of the big wigs there. You know, Roger Penske, Don, uh, talked to, uh, in that press conference, talked about, uh, Austin. He remembers going over to Tim's house when, when Austin was little, like two years old, three years old, playing on the floor with cars and everything. I mean, he talks about, that's how far back he, he goes. He's like a grandfather figure to, um, to Austin. And, um, so that there, there's, there were some neat stories that came out of this, uh, in these press conferences and everything. After the fact, we learned a lot more about Austin and his upbringing. And, and Roger even asked him to stay in the Xfinity Series in an extra year or two before going to Cup. They had, they had a plan. They were they didn't want him to go too soon. They wanted him to get experience. And Roger talks about that. And that, that's kind of a neat story as well. So uh, keep an eye on this guy, Don. Um, I think Austin's going to do well. You know, he qualifies for the playoffs, so he can – concentrate on you know his his program this year now and not have to worry about trying to get into the playoffs but hey how about Bubba Wallace you wow. know Bubba finished second had a really good um good race almost won the darn thing and I know he was disappointed after the uh, race when he was interviewed there down there on the front straightaway but uh but I really have to give credit to Bubba he drove his ass off uh in that car and uh i look to see good things happening for him this year in that uh 23 um, 11 racing team i just wish he could have enjoyed the moment i really do a little bit more and mike i know before we started the recording and stuff i was i messaged you and told you i've started watching the netflix special the bubba wallace uh, netflix special yeah. which if you go look it up it's it's titled race is is and then it's Bubba Wallace Tell is us the about subtext. That. Um, 
it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. It's it's emotional. It's inspiring. It's intriguing. I'm trying to think of more adjectives to use to describe it, but I mean, it's just I'm I'm really enjoying it. Not just from a race fan's perspective, not just from a Bubba Wallace fan perspective, but as somebody that really does, I love docu series and documentaries like that. But it's just fascinating, and there's a lot that I'm learning about Bubba that I had. I kind of knew, but then some things that I didn't, some perspectives, there's some great stories from his mom that are very emotional at being a mother. Some of the things that she's had to endure, like seeing her son go through, which I can imagine is extremely hard. Some of the things that she's had to read on Twitter and social media. Can you imagine That's being gotta be tough? Can you imagine being a mom and reading tweets about your when your son's talking about his depression and somebody has the nerve to come out and say well it's too bad you didn't kill yourself good you know no no athlete i don't care how much you hate some or you know you dislike somebody or whatever but there's no room for that anywhere you know there's really not and it's just disgusting people are just disgusting sometimes but um there's some really intriguing stories and mike one of the things that so far i'm five i'm there it's a six series docuseries and I'm on episode five and one of the things I have gotten out of it so far is up until the up until the cup series up until he started with Petty Bubba Wallace really was used to winning and used to being in top tier equipment his father always paid for he had the best equipment I mean as best money could buy and he's been in really good equipment and when he's in good equipment he wins and so the struggle at Petty, you know, when he was there with Petty and stuff, it really, it was different for him. And not only that, but at the same time he was going through his parents' divorce, he was, his dad was like his best friend for years. I mean, that was his, his ride or die. And through this divorce, which it's, his mother even talks about it, so it was, it was, became a nasty divorce, him and his father don't really contact each other or, or have any contact. In fact, his dad didn't even want to be a part of this docuseries. It's tough. Yeah, that's too bad. It's really tough. And then, you know, his, his fian- now fiance, I mean, and him, but they were also going through struggles and a lot of it, and Bubba's becomes very open in this and talks about it, was because of him, because of his emotional, his depression and where he would go and bring that home and she couldn't get him out of these funks. And anyways, I don't want to give the whole thing away, but long story short, tying this back into the Daytona 500, one of the things Bubba said is his depression. It's not like a suicidal depression that he goes through. It's just, he's, it's a lot of self doubt and an extreme amount of self hate. And he said, that the one thing he has learned though is that no matter what anyone says no matter what any fan or says or somebody on social media says to him no one can make him feel worse than he makes himself feel he's his own worst hater and I saw an example of it there you know he he's very hard on himself if he's not first it's like the Ricky by the the Ricky Bobby school (laughs) of racing if he ain't first he's last And that's kind of that mentality. And he's just always striving to be better and, and, and learning more, but you'll, you'll see this. And so I invite people to go um, and and watch it. It's, it's very power. It's a very powerful series, not just for Bubba, not just for, but kind of also in retrospect, things that are going on in America. And I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of different layers to it is what I'm trying to say. In other words, it's got a um, human interest side to it. Definitely. Definitely, that really they, they bring out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm gonna have to check it out. I had no idea that that series even existed or that, or that it was even made. So. And then there's a thirty for thirty. There's an ESPN yeah. thirty for thirty one that I gotta watch that I haven't watched yet. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I was I was extremely happy for for Bubba. Um, I was upset for Brad as a Brad K fan and I want to talk about that a little bit because you know there was a lot of people I want to get your take on it because maybe you can disagree with me or whatever but a lot of folks you know were bashing and folks including Tony Stewart he didn't bash but there's no love lost between Tony Stewart and Brad Keselowski I think there's a definite respect level there but you know I mean 
they used to race each other quite hard. And, and, and I think it was about Tony Stewart that Brad made the quote that I'm not in the garage area to make friends, which is kind of ironic because if I remember correctly, Tony Stewart used to kind of say the same thing um, yeah. that he wasn't there to make friends. But anyway, I, I digress. Brad, though, was taking a lot of heat after that race about, you know, that he was plowing through the field and people are doing memes with a snowplow, you know, on the front of his car and stuff. And, um, you know, he was wrecking the field and blah, 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 and that he wrecks everybody and blames everybody, which it was weird because I've never really heard that or read that before. And all of a sudden I'm seeing this as a theme going through all these threads. And Mike, I mean, yes, I, I, I'm a Brad Keselowski fan, but what I saw was I saw, and we saw it the whole through the duels and in the Daytona 500 is Brad had the fastest car, in my opinion, probably the best car out there on the track. And Brad was racing to get up front. Now, the one thing that I noticed is that these cars, especially the different manufacturers, they don't match up the way that they used to when they're bumping. So the bumpers aren't hitting right. Um, But those Fords were dominant. And so I noticed that when Brad was pushing, I think his car was just that much faster and that much better and then if the bumpers aren't aligning right and stuff, it's really, you know, if you're in front of him, you're really having to work that wheel hard. Do I blame him? Do I think he was wrecking people or getting people out of his way? No. But, he, I mean, he's being held up. And then when he was in front, no one seemed to be able to stay right behind him to push him. There are a couple things. Uh, well, first, I want to say, you know, with the cars back to back with each other, you know, from where the bumpers are. What was up with the with the hood flaps coming up? That was weird. I've never seen that before. It seemed like it changed the aerodynamics of the car a little bit. And we saw, um, I forgot who it was, uh, the one uh, flap that had actually come loose. There, there, there's a tether yeah. cord that holds them, but it, it actually, I know Kyle Bush's came up and like turned over and was flapping. And there was somebody else that I saw, uh, I don't know if it was Ryan Blaney or who it was, they did the same thing, and I just kind of wonder if that really uh, it would be interesting to talk to an official or somebody, a crew member or whatever, to see what what the, all that was about, and, and are they going to address and fix that? But, you know, talking about Brad and the way he drove, he's racing for a win. He's, you know, he's with a new team this year, and he wants to win, and, you know, he, he he's not going to be racing that many more years, and... His, his time's running out, and he wants to win, you know, the, the Daytona 500. This is the biggest race of the year. So you're going to go all out for it. And so I, I don't think he did anything wrong. I think he was just, you know, his balls to the wall racing. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, that's what I thought, too. And, um, yeah, we'll definitely have no. to get Philippe or um, Matthew Kemp or one of those guys on to talk to us about those. I, I know they talked about it during the race. I remember hearing about it. I don't know if how much of it is to help. I thought I heard him say to help keep the car on the ground or, you know, I mean, that kind of thing. I know no. that, remember, they used to have those on the roof, too. I just wanted to to see, get your opinion on the on the Brad thing because, again, I get emotional, you know, involved in it and stuff. And I'm like, you know, oh, screw you people. Y'all don't know what you're talking about. But, I mean, I guess you can see he's an aggressive driver. Yes, he's aggressive. I, I've never understood, though, you know, again, if you were a – I don't like to compare, but if you're a Dell Senior fan, if that's the style of racing that you like, then you should never have a problem with the way Brad Keselowski races. I mean, in my opinion, do you think because they're they're very similar, right? Joey Logano, oh, same yeah. same way. I mean, it's yeah. you know, and but if you've got the records, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, and if you've got the faster car. That's what plate racing is. All, well, that's not plate anymore, but that's what super speedway racing has always been about is, you know, drafting the bump draft, the side draft and, you know, yeah. getting to the front. And, and if, if if you've got the faster car and somebody's holding you up and they can't draft properly or they're not, you know, for whatever reason, I'm not saying it was Harrison Burton's fault or anybody else. I mean, it's just the way these cars are now, the way that the they're trying to make yeah. them look so much more like the car. Well, certain their bumpers aren't going to line up the same way because not everything is the same anymore. So I just wanted to get your opinion on that. We'll take, okay, so we, we've taught Daytona 500. So now let's let's move on. We'll talk IndyCar. We'll talk NHRA and, you know, preview that. And then we'll come back. We'll preview California and we'll give our picks. How's that? 
That sounds sound like a nice little rundown. At one point in my career, I used to be a producer. You would think that I would like actually write shit out now and, and, and do it, but nope. I just kind of get on here now and we just go. I don't even plan anymore. Not only that, but because actually for our Daytona show, and I still have it sitting here, actually, I've got like eight pages of notes and all sorts of stuff. And I want to say that when we did the Daytona show, I think I maybe did like one or two things. But look, I actually like took notes during the race. I was proud of myself. Sure did. At least it happened once, (laughs) one time during the season, so. It won't happen until next day, Tona. Right. <laughs> Enjoy it. Best show that there will be. No, I'm kidding. All right. So, well, IndyCar. Let's go there. All right. Let's do it. The season kicks off this weekend at St. Petersburg at the uh, road course, or well, actually street course. Street course on the road on the roads of St. Pete. <laughs> <laughs> Don, this is um an eight. Uh, it's a one point eight mile. They have fourteen turns. It's on the streets of uh, in a clockwise direction through downtown St. Petersburg. And part of it is they run it on a, on a runway of the um, Albert uh, Whited uh, Airport, I think is what it says here. And uh, and anyway, that race is going to be Sunday. There's qualifying on Saturday, and it's going to be on NBC and uh, the Peacock Premium Network. Some of the practice and qualifying sessions are on Peacock Premium, and then the actual race is going to be on Sunday. And, uh, man, they've got a good group of guys coming back this year, and... Uh, I believe they have like close to like 20 races this season on the schedule and um, they're coming to Texas earlier than they normally do this year. So there's a lot, a lot to say about the IndyCar series. I'm real excited to see these guys get with it here and kick off the season in St. Pete. And it's early. I mean, they usually don't kick it off till March. Here we are in February, starting the uh, 2022 season. And you say, you say guys, and I know it's, I mean, that's yeah. normal, but they've got some ladies out there too. Uh, I know I, I'm not, and I need to see again, this is why I should have notes in front of me um, because there's a team that they have. I don't know if they just race in the Indy 500 or if they're racing several races, but the entire team is female. The crew, everything is a female, uh, female deal. So, yeah, um, I don't see any notes. I don't see any notes that any car sent them that they're going to be at this race, but okay. um, but there's going to be uh, guys like Elio Castroneves that are going to be competing in this race, and Scott Dixon, and you mentioned the other day we were talking about a San Antonio um, kid, um, Pato Pato yeah. Award, and and he's he's coming back this year, and Will Power and Colton Herta, there's a good group of guys, so. Uh, I'll be glued to the TV this week, and it's going to be hard, you know, with NHRA running um, out in uh, Arizona for the Arizona Nationals, and then IndyCar and the Cup and everything. <laughs> There's a lot to cover and watch. And then my son, you know, goes to Baylor, and so I'm all into the Baylor basketball this year. And there's a doubleheader on Saturday. They're playing Kansas. The Baylor men's team is playing, and I think at 11. And then the um, women play that night. So I'll be back and forth from college basketball to drag racing to any car racing the stock car racing i'm gonna be in front of the tv all day saturday and sunday well and i'm silly i should have known this and i kind of did in the back of my mind i, w- I was gonna say i think this is who it is but i i wanted to double check so i got my little handy phone out mm-hmm. i know last year they were running and i think they're gonna run the indy 500 this year it's uh peretta is, is the name of the team. It's uh, Peretta Motorsports. It's Simona de Silvestre. Simona. Yeah, yeah, that, Simona that drives. But the the entire crew is female. All the pit crew, everything, which I think is awesome. Like, That's you know, awesome. So, uh, anyway, hopefully we'll see them at the Indy 500. That would be really yeah, cool. Yeah. I, bet, I bet we will. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so I'm excited. I, I'm picking – I'm pick, uh, going with Pato for the season, hopefully, to take the championship – uh, and I mean, and that's hard for me to say because you know I'm I love me some Joseph Newgarden. I'm, you know, I mean we've we follow that we've followed that guy. We had him on when he was the champion in the Indy Light series. That's how far yeah, back we, we go with him. Um, yeah. And then you know I love me some willpower. Uh, I love I, I love all the guys. Graham Rahal's back. I mentioned Elio's going to be racing this season. Colton Herta. Um, we got a you know a good group of guys. Um, competing this year so um 
check it out. It's going to be uh, be, a, be a really good season, I think. Yeah, I, I do too. And so uh, we've got the IndyCar starting this season, like you said, uh, this season, the, their season up this weekend. Uh, NHRA, what do we got going yeah, on over well, there? Well, we kicked off the season last week at the Winter Nationals in Pomona. And um, Justin Ashley took the victory in top fuel. Robert Height took the victory in funny car. And Texas's Erica Enders in the uh, red uh, pro stock car. She got the uh, first one in the season. I believe it was her 39th or 38th or 39th career victory. And Dawn, she's on a mission this year. She's not messing around. She's not taking any prisoners or whatever. She's uh, says she is gonna be a tough guy on the track you know she's not or a tough gal whatever but uh <laughs> she uh has made a state statement loud and clear that she's the one that's gonna win the championship and she you know lost it last year she led the point standings for the majority of the season and greg anderson snuck up on her and and then he dominated at the second part of the season and um he got the championship and beat her by just a few points and um she has the all-time wins for women in, in, in drag racing right now, and especially in pro stock. And um, so she's going to go for championship number five this year. So keep an eye on her. You know, she's the one that they they made the Walt Disney movie right on track. Oh. It's based on, based on her life story, her and her sister Courtney, who were racing junior directors in, in Houston. And uh, they, they made a movie about their life story and everything. And that, that that's, that's who it's based on is Erica. Hmm. I and didn't she, know that. Yeah, well, we need to get her on sometime. Uh, she's she's a great person to interview, and and she has brings a lot to the uh, or will bring a lot to the show. So I'll try to arrange that, get her on sometime. Yeah, come on, you pull pull your strings with the NHRA folks. You that that's your those are your peeps. So <laughs> oh, yeah, I love love me some drag racing. Got to get my nitro fix. Well, speaking of nitro fixes, uh, and and my favorite there in the nitro uh, when it comes to the nitro guys during the Super Bowl, I was so stoked to see, and and then I saw it during the Daytona Five Hundred too during the uh, commercials, Toyota commercials, and I saw oh AB saw, saw me some Antron Brown in a Toyota yeah. commercial there. Uh, Down Brown, loved it, love it, love it, love it. Well, you know, he's got his own race team this year. He broke off from Don Schumacher Racing, and there's been some changes in the NHRA. You talk about a silly season, Don, they had it. Um, A lot of the drivers that were at Don Schumacher Racing there in Indiana, um, in Indianapolis there, they uh, have left. Um, Sometimes it just happens. Uh, uh, For for instance, Antron, he went out on his own. He is now leasing part of the building that... um, that he used to operate out of at, at um, Don Schumacher Racing and some of the cars, but AB has his own program now. And then Ron Caps left. Ron's got his own team that he's a car owner. He's doing the same thing. He's sharing space. DSR Leah uh, Pruitt, mm-hmm. who married Tony Stewart, and Matt Hagen, who was a funny car driver. They they both left and they formed uh, Tony Stewart has formed his own drag racing team, t- Tony Stewart Drag Racing. And um, or T- Tony Stewart Motorsports, I don't know what they're calling it, but anyway, they've got a uh, top fuel car and a funny car, and Matt's driving the funny car, and Lee is driving the top fuel, so uh, dragster. So, anyway, they've got that going, and there's been some other changes as well. So, um, a lot of a lot of shuffling around in the NHRA this year, but um, I think it's going to be a good season, and uh, sometimes, oh. Uh, Tony Schumacher, Don Schumacher's son, is back racing the Sarge, mm. as we call them, and he's an eight-time champion, and he's back racing this year for his dad, his his dad's team there, and uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how it all plays out. But yeah, you mentioned AB Toyota, they're they're heavily have you know they're heavy heavy in the drag racing, and they're doing spending a lot of money this year on some of those teams, and and they've really picked up the sponsorships there. Um, different different categories and everything a lot a lot of cars so it should be a good year for the drag racers so we've got i know it gets confusing so it's you've got stewart haas in nascar but then it's tony stewart racing is the so tsr i guess is what they're called yeah yeah. so it's like yeah Yeah, and tony you know tony was out at the track at in pomona last friday he was out there and did a bunch of um 
media appearances and interviews and everything and to see how things were going. And then he had to catch a flight to, to Daytona where we saw him on the broadcast. And so he's going to be going back and forth this year to some of the races and going back and forth in NASCAR, you know, to the, to the, to the drag races as well. So, um, I'm hoping when the races come to Texas, that the race in uh, Houston in April and then the, um, the race that they have at the Texas Motorplex, I believe is going to be in October this year. I'm hoping Tony will, will be there. Maybe the race fans can see him in person and, and see, see how, how his race team does. Leah is a great driver. She can really drive that car. And Matt Hagen is a former world champion. So he, um, he he does well as you know in the car as well in funny cars. So keep an eye on those guys. So should be a good good year. Awesome. All right. Well, so we got we've got NHRA out of the way. We got IndyCar out of the way. So we've got let's we'll go back to to NASCAR. Uh, we're yep. gonna be in California at uh, Auto Club Speedway and the big two mile track, flat track but big. And it's it's going to be a lot of fun. It, it's going to be interesting. I'm I'm interested to see a couple of things. I'm interested to see how pit crews play. You know, usually pit strategy on these larger tracks usually comes into play at some point. So, pit strategy, yeah. how that's all going to play out, especially with everything that's so new with this car. Again, I I think the first few races of the season we could see some some big things like and not in a good way <laughs> um happening on pit road i think there could be races lost uh one in I, and i know that's a cliche to say but i i really do think that we could see some races lost on pit road because of just these pit crews trying to get used to the new you know the choreograph uh, choreography you know as far as the tire changing and stuff and getting used to this new fuel larger fuel tank and and more fuel and just some of the other things that they're having to learn with this car but i also think too mike i'm interested to see how all of the um, excitement and everything that we saw there in at the coliseum in la i'm i'm interested to see how that transfers over to Fontana and see how it is, you know, and, and as far as crowd goes and stuff, I mean, you know, you've, you, yeah. you had all that advertising and all of that, you know, in the atmosphere and everything there for so long. So it's two weeks later, you would think, I want to see if it transfers over to that. Maybe you get some people that had gone to their first race and they enjoyed it and they're going to, you know, this one. I don't know. I'm a little worried. And let me tell you why. Because we had a great crowd at the Coliseum that was new, different, and everything, and a lot of celebrities coming out. Will that transfer over to the race in California? Maybe, maybe not. I'm not sure what the weather forecast is looking like. But what concerns me is last week's drag races that the NHRA had, they um, did not have a very good crowd. However, they lifted the restrictions a day before the drag race was held. Mm. So they, they could only have a limited capacity of tickets. So they only sold a limited capacity of tickets to the NHRA drag races. But then they lifted the restrictions to the county of Los Angeles. Now you can have as many people as you want coming and there's no mass mandate or anything. So they didn't have the, the crowds that came out. I'm not sure if the people thought they couldn't get tickets or, or what. But that just kind of concerns me that because they had such a light crowd for the drag races, is that going to transfer over to the stock car races this year, this weekend when the Xfinity is there Saturday and the cup cars are on, on Sunday. So we'll have to wait and see. I, I hope we have a good crowd. I'd like to see it, but I'm not sure it's going to happen. Okay. Well, we'll see. And if we don't, yeah. I mean, again, it's been, it's been a long time since there's been a good crowd at, uh, there at California, but I, you know, again stranger things can happen and and i just think we have seen we have seen some amazing racing in the last couple of weeks and and i think we're going to see a good race i mean i think this is going to be this is going to be a test here um how this yeah. car responds and stuff i think this is going to be kind of the first test i mean the coliseum was new everything you know was new nobody knew what to expect daytona is is a crap shoot no matter what so this is kind of like that first big obstacle, I think, in the way of let's see, let's see what's going to happen with this new car. And it's going to be interesting to see how the veterans do, Don. And um, we're going to hear from Alex Bowman in just a second. Alex talks about this track, how he and how he thinks the car is going to do. Well, let's go ahead and, and listen to it real quick, and then um, 
Then we'll come back. I'll come back to what I wanted to say. Um, here's Alex Bowman. You know, he won in 2020 and got, got a victory there at California. Actually, that's the last time we've been there. We didn't go in 2021 because of COVID. Um, but Alex Bowman got the victory in 2020. And he um, really thinks that, you know, this is a rough track and everything. And it's going to be uh, very interesting to see how the car um uh, works on this track. So here's what he had to say. Uh, the racetrack's going to change a lot as it rubbers up and the resin comes in. So kind of seeing the progression of that and seeing how the car drives, obviously, you know, William was there with it a couple of years ago when it was pretty new and it's changed a lot since then. So just trying to get a handle on it at a place that hasn't been to in a place that it's, I mean, it's super rough, super slick got seams all over the place. There's so many aspects that um, are really going to, you know, test the car and, and test how the, the setup is. So trying to be on the right side of it is is going to be key. And and hopefully we're, we're guessing at it better than the rest of them. And I think the car is super durable. Um, I don't think anybody is really worried about the, the durability side of things. Um, I'm just, I think this is going to be a big test on how it drives and, and how, um, how we've, I guess, guessed at, at the best setup and how we stack up to start the year. Um, you know, it drives so different than what we've had in the past and obviously not having been there before and how slick it is and abrasive it is. We haven't really been to a place like this with it yet. So, um, just trying to, uh, to figure it out quick is, is going to be tough and, um, but as far as durability stuff goes, I think that thing is stout. It's, uh, it should be just fine. All right, Don. So as you can see there, you know, he, he likes this track being rough and it's, it, and it is a rough track, you know, it's been a long time since they've pavement put down on this track. I think it goes back what we talked the other day about the, in back in the nineties, late, late nineties, I think is when they last. It's the oldest, Paved I mean, the track. As, as the tracks that they're currently running, it's the oldest pavement um, track-wise out of all of the tracks. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think 97, and I think it was, or something like that. This is the type of track a lot of these drivers like, you know, they, they like rough tracks. I mean, look at Atlanta, look at Texas, look how long the drivers begged these these speedways don't pave it leave it the way it is we like it rough and abrasive and everything where it's hard on the tires and it's it's the challenge but when we talk about who's left in the in the cup series since the track opened and stuff there's only seven drivers that are currently racing that are active drivers that have actually won a race there so they've had a, multiple different winners over the years but Kyle Busch comes in Don with having four wins at this track so you might Say he's got the edge. He won in 2005, um, 2013, 2014, and 2019. And then Bowman won in 2020. But then the other guys that have scored a, a single victory here is Martin Trex Jr., Kyle Larson, Brad Keselowski, Kevin Harvick, and Kurt Busch. And Kurt, you know, we're going to bring back qualifying this year. Yeah. And, and practice. Kurt has um, four poles at this race. And it's going to be interesting to see how Kurt does uh, – and qualifying will what he's learned in the past transfer over with the new car i don't know but he did get the sweep in, in qualifying in 2006 and 2007 he got a he, he got uh they had two races in 20, 2006 and then uh which i didn't realize they went there twice back then but they had two races at california mm -hmm. speedway i forgot about apparently. that and but then, yeah in they yeah it's been a long time. <laughs> it has. That, that and wasn't. in 2007, and 2007, he got the pole, and then again in 2015. But Denny Hamlin is a three-time pole winner uh, at at uh, California uh, Speedway, Auto Club Speedway there in Fontana. He got it in 2009, 2012, and 2013. So it's going to be interesting to see how qualifying does and, and how practice, you know, do the guys get any advantage of having a practice session this year instead of just showing up like they did in most of the races last year and just – starting and, and you know without any kind of practice or qualifying so well i want to mention one more thing you know the xfinity series is running on saturday and i talked to you about this the other day uh, how excited i am about the truck and xfinity series is the fact that all these developmental drivers coming up there's a lot of new drivers a lot of talent there but uh guess who's coming back trevor bain oh little t bain yeah 
Yeah, but he, he, you know, he won the Daytona uh, race a while several years ago. Is 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 a very young driver, <laughs> like a kid. I, I, isn't he the young? I think he is the youngest driver yeah. ever to win Daytona. Yeah. Well, he's back for a seven race, um, seven races in Xfinity Series. And and Dawn, you talk about the excitement that we listened to earlier with Austin Sendrick. Trevor feels like he's a teenager again. He said. And here, I want to play this. I pulled this because uh, I just love the enthusiasm that he has. So here's Trevor Bain and how he feels about coming back and racing in the Xfinity Series. Here, here we go. This whole thing kind of feels like a kid again. I mean, honestly, like, I, I think if I got this chance in 2019, right after being in the cup car, it'd be like, kind of like Matt D going back to truck racing. It's like, oh, I'm excited to be here, but I'd, I'd like to be in the cup car. But for me, this feels like the first shot all over again. Like, I feel like I'm going to Michael Walter Racing. I've got that same giddiness and, like, fresh perspective that this is kind of my first shot all over again. And, and it's really similar. It's with Toyota, like you said. Uh, it's seven races, which is where I started out at, at MWR. was, like, five to seven races, and we ran really good. So Michael let me have more races, and I ended up doing 12 or 13. Um, and so – this really feels like that first shot again, which is so cool because my perspective and appreciation for that is just right back where I was when I was 18. <laughs> and there you go, Don. You can just hear it in his voice. You know, he's so excited uh, and he feels like, you know, he's starting all over again. And, and it's got to be a good feeling to feel that way. All I hear is, and I may have to insert video or insert sound here. All I hear is, are you kidding me? Do you remember that? Remember, like when he and they would play that all the time after his Daytona 500 win, his in car. Are you kidding me? I don't even know where to go. Do you remember when he won the Daytona 500? He didn't even know how to get to victory lane. So that's like what I hear when I hear him talking. And you and I got to talk to him like that same season that he won the Daytona 500. We we had him on our show yeah. um, at Texas. We got to meet him in person and just a super like like oozes enthusiasm like you know it's just oh uh, it, it's almost disgusting it's so awesome <laughs> but, but super but, you know, super nice guy but that's what i love about nascar and, and we talked about this the other day you and i about you know drivers that are young and they're coming up and they're coming up through like the cups i mean before they get to the cup series you're coming up through the truck series and the xfinity series and you know they get this win and like you we heard with austin you know just so much excitement and, and to me if you're putting your heart soul and everything into this program that you're that you're trying to race under and everything and then the, when you get a victory like this this is got to celebrate like that you got to feel that emotion and and to see that coming out i mean this is this is not fake this is the real deal here the way these guys i mean this is a big deal to win a race like this and i just love seeing the excitement and enthusiasm and i think that's what's going to make the sport even more popular people see the the personalities and the drivers come out i think i mean you nailed it it's it's one thing to, to see it, especially like i mean any driver but like the young drivers but i i tell you more and more people especially the newer fans uh, people who don't know the history and stuff like they're shocked when i tell them like my boss i was telling him uh, earlier in the week, I'm like, you know, Tony Stewart never won the Daytona 500. I said, I'm uh -huh. like, you know, he's like a damn Marino. He's, you know, he, I mean, he he never won the Daytona 500. It took it took Dale Earnhardt Sr. 20 trans or 20 tries before he won it. Um, and did he only win it that one year? I think so. Okay, yeah, maybe. I'm, well, no, I have to go back now. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to like. I just, I, no, just. It took Senior a long time to win it because, like. He had won a Daytona before, like the Firecracker 400 and stuff like yeah, that. But not the 500, but, though. But it took him a while to win the 500. Yeah. I, it took him 20 chances or 20 tries. Yeah, I, I remember. That was incredible. And, and he was just thrilled to death when he won that race. I don't know. But so, but my point was is it's, it's so good. You, like you said, you see that emotion because, I mean, some of the greatest – drivers of all time you know don't win the indy 500 or don't win the daytona 500 and don't win the big you know these i mean they've won everything else but they don't have that one thing you talked about tony uh, not having one he brought that up himself and how it, it hurts he said that one hurts he said he said i'd give up so it's this and i'd give up this race victory to have that yeah he said he'd give up all of his championships to have the daytona 500 
That's huge. Yeah, that is that's huge. How, that's how important the date winning the Daytona 500 is. It's what a big deal is. I was trying to explain that to somebody the other day about Austin Cindric, why it was such a big deal for him to win that race because, you know, this may be the only time he gets in victory lane at Daytona. This could be the only win he gets in his racing career. You never yeah. know what's going to happen. You never know. You don't. I mean, you really don't. It could um, be a one and done. Exactly. <laughs> well, I don't think it's going to be. I no. mean, if I had to put money on it. But, <laughs> but, Mike, before we do our picks, I wanted to point out, too, here, since we're talking about, you know, oldies, oldies but goodies, um, the SRX series, the another series that Tony Stewart runs, um, yeah. you know, that we love. It's kind of like the IROC series in a way. Um, it's it's fun stuff. They run a limited schedule. They've got some new tracks. We talked about that last week. They've got some new tracks that they're going to be running on. Uh, this week it was announced uh, four of the full-time guys that are kind of like representing your NASCAR side of things, but will run the full series, uh, Ryan Newman joining in there. So Ryan Newman is going to be racing, uh, will race the whole series uh, or the whole season. Greg Biffle will be racing in there the whole series. Uh, Michael Waltrip and Texas own Bobby Labonte. So, yeah. And I know we say Texas own. He, he pretty much was brought up in North Carolina because, you know, by that point they had, he had followed his brother, but he was born here. And we all, as Texans, we know if you're born here, you're Texan. Yeah, and he did some racing here. He and his brother Terry. Yep. Terry was that first uh, late model track champion at San Antonio Speedway, and I think in '77 or '78 or something like that. Were you at that race? Um, I was at. I did go to to uh, one of the races that season. That first season, okay. yeah, wow. I saw. I saw him. Yeah, I would have been like five or four years old, so I don't think I was there. But I, was, uh, I can tell you, I went to, I think when I was like five or six, I think I told you this. I'm sorry, I digress. I think I told you this when we went to NHRA. I had been to to drag racing as a child, and it, like, it it scared the shit out of me, for lack of a better word. And my mom had to take me home in the middle. I, I, I'll never forget this. My, my dad stayed, and my mom had to take me home because it terrified me. We were out at Smokin' Alamo Dragway. That's yep. where that's where I was. So, Dragway, right behind San Antonio Speedway. I I think that was back in you know so that was in the seventies. That was before it was cool to like buy your kids the muffle things to put on their ears and stuff. So no, I was just yeah. out there and it it was just way too much. It it scared they didn't need them. any hearing protection back then. No, well obviously I did. You went home and, and you didn't have a seatbelt on in the car. You weren't in the car seat either. <laughs> no, I was probably riding in the back of the truck on the way home. So yeah. <laughs> Your parents uh, were probably drinking the beer while they were driving. I, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> you could do that back then. Oh, my God. On the CB. <laughs> yep. Record one nine. <laughs> do the Smoky Report. <laughs> Popping in an eight track. <laughs> yep. Listening to the, to the Bee Gees probably yeah, on an eight track uh, tape. <laughs> Kenny Rogers or something. I don't know. So, oh, anyway. man. Those are good days. Oh, my goodness. And what's so funny, too, is here I talk about that, that it scared the living bejesus out of me. And now, like, except for Bristol, which was the only track that I put earplugs in in the middle because it but that was only like during the race um but yeah. that was so loud but now i mean mike you know you hang out with me all the time i never have headphones on or earplugs in at the track uh you sit there and tune the car do whatever i'm like get me right as close to it as you can because it just i just yeah. like love that noise started, now about six seven years ago i started putting the plugs in at the track because my i could tell my hearing was going um, mine's shot, but I'm like, I just want to hear those cars. So, all right, Mike, what's your, what's your picks, sir, for well, California? California, I'm going to go Kyle Busch for the win. Okay. I'm going with him because he's um, hungry and wants to get a win and get, get that win, get locked in the playoffs, get that win early. So, um, I think I'm going to go with my dark horse, uh, Ryan Blaney, even though he's not really a dark horse. Mm-hmm. And then my uh, really dark horse, I'm going to go with Corey LaJoy. Ah. I think Corey is up in, and Bernard mentioned Corey. Mm -hmm. We talked to Corey and everything. And, and um, we did the interview with Bernard, but um, I, I like Corey. Um, I just think that he might score the top five finisher even better. So who knows? That's who I'm going to go with this week. 
Okay, well, I know I discussed this with you before, so if I don't remember, I think Joy Logano, I think, is who I was going with for my for my win yeah. or for my top pick. I know my dark, dark horse, I think, was Bubba, right? Yeah, is it who I was, was going with. Bubba? But I can't remember who I said I was going to go with as my second pick. Brad? Did I say BK? I don't know. Did you? I don't remember. <laughs> no, I know I picked. I I thought I picked Brad for Daytona. I think he you think he did. Okay, so you know what? Screw it. I'll just no. say okay. Let me think of somebody new. Um, I, why is it that I'm having a problem remembering who I picked as my dark horse? Um, so Joey for the win, dark horse. You know, what? I'll just say Denny Hamlin. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, I do too remember. Duh, I'm stupid. Did I say Kyle Larson? I think you did say Kyle. Kyle Larson because you said he's really not a really really dark horse, but Right. Now, yeah. but and I did pick Joey, right, for my win. Joey I didn't for the win. Okay. Okay. Bubba for second or the second your second place not second place winner but your second winner okay uh my third yeah my dark dark horse which you said you were gonna pick bubba too you thought about so you know what okay so here let's change this so you can have bubba as well so we'll give you one more pick so you can do bubba and i'll put denny in as my other pick okay so this week we're going four picks four picks it's a big track we can have more picks for a big track so okay two mile track super fast Pretty soon we're just gonna name all thirty-six drivers. And my really, 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 really long shot dark horse. My thirty-fifth dark horse in the field is gonna be Landon Castle. <laughs> That's how we're gonna do it from now on. So all right. Mike, it's been fun as always. Um we'll see what happens. And again, please I'm clapping. I'm doing the clap. Don't you hate when people do that when they're like on social media, when they're doing a post and like they say a word and then they, they put the clappy hands in between. So that way, you know that they're doing this to emphasize. Um, so what was I emphasizing? Oh, <laughs> make sure to go and listen to our Bernard Pollard interview. We call it our SmackCast. Those of you that have been around with us for the 18 years, you know what SmackCast are. SmackCast, we call our SmackCast or any... First of all, we have Track Smack, which is our show where we give our, you know, the preview and we review the reviews and the previews of each week. But then in between during the week, a lot of times we'll do SmackCast. They can be anywhere from 10 minutes long to an hour long. It's usually a, an interview, a standalone interview that is just too good to dice up into little pieces or just give you snippets of. Yeah. So it will give you the whole thing. Or a lot of times, Mike, you pull audio uh, from press conferences and stuff, and we'll put it up as a smack cash. You, you, you yeah. do NHRA um, reviews yeah, and previews. And I'm going to start that again, the NHRA updates. Okay. I just didn't have time this week to do the first one. But from the Arizona Nationals, I'll do it Okay. From this weekend. I'll have it up Monday or Tuesday. So we'll find out who wins in Arizona. Should we do IndyCar ones too? I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll we'll figure out. We'll, we'll see what we start doing. Yeah, we'll figure out. Because you know what I, I mean, I, I say that, but a lot of times, like we cover IndyCar so much in with in it, or with NASCAR during tracks. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Who knows? But just pay attention. If you see Smackcast yeah. up, that's what those are. They're they're little nuggets. Is a little nugget show. Yeah. So sometimes big, big nuggets. Sometimes they could be big nuggets, <laughs> but they're just not track smack big nuggets. Yeah, they're not chicken nuggets. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's time to go. Mike, what are you drinking? <laughs> uh, Elijah Craig, small batch, uh, Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. Nice. And do you just drink it on ice? What do you do? Do you mix it straight. with me? Straight? Straight. straight, no chaser? Straight. Yeah, I just had a little shot tonight. Just keep keep it, keep myself warm. It's, hell, it's 37 degrees out here. It's 33 here. Cold. I, I, I needed that for my throat. Because my throat, I got a little something, something going on. Yeah. That would have been good for your throat. Yeah. All right. Well, I know it's going to be good for it. All right. It's called sleep, and I'm getting ready to go do that. So, uh, Mike, as always, it's been fun, and we'll catch you guys next week. 
with a review of what happened at California and a preview of whatever track is coming up next because I don't take notes, so I don't know right now. So uh, there you go. <laughs> Mike, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.